All righty, all righty, all righty. Welcome to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Delana. Today on the pod, we got Robert Golden. Rob, say what's up to the people. How's it going? Absolutely, man. All is well. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to connect with you. I've been seeing some of the uh, works that you've been doing on this podcast, man, and I'm honored to be here with you. Fire me up. Love that. <laughs> Fresno native. Went to Edison back no in the day. No doubt. U.S. Army All-American. Went to Arizona. Right. Had fun there. Right. Ended up as a Steeler. Right. Let's start there because you got all these irons in the fire right now, which fires me up. No doubt. How was how was Pittsburgh? How was the city? How was yes? Let's let's start there. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, Pittsburgh has a part of my heart um, that I definitely um, has a safe spot for me. You know, so mm. um, it's days where. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I miss Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. I miss being on the East Coast. You know, the East Coast has a huge different vibe than the West Coast, you know. And um, being on the East Coast, that was the first time that I ever really, like, lived, you know, outside of the West Side of, um, you know, California and the West Side of the U.S. But um, just going over there and being in the snow, being cold, uh-huh. <laughs> um, being in a sports city, um, it was just a, a a great time, man. And I wake up in the morning saying, I miss Pittsburgh. You know, I miss the food that they had there. I miss the fans, man. But um, Pittsburgh definitely has my heart, that's for sure. <laughs> the Steelers itself, was there, you know, you've grown so much. We were talking out before the podcast, just right. now chopping it up, like life after sports. And, right. and we'll get into that. But as far as like the players or a coach or somebody that had an impact with with you in your time at Pittsburgh, if you had uh-huh. to pinpoint someone, I'm sure there's hundreds. Right. Who's someone that sticks out? Troy Palomalu. Man, I um, I tell this story all the time. When I was um, playing at Edison, uh-huh. um, you know, our colors is black and gold. I so, know. Um, it's funny, a funny story, man. My mom, she bought a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, um, and it was 21. I was 21 in high school. And she took the name and customized it and put it golden. Uh, when I was in high school. So Whoa. she wore the golden 21 Pittsburgh Steelers jersey um, throughout my high school career. To the Edison games. To the Edison games, hey, man. Fool, it would have fooled me. No Same colors. <laughs> no doubt, man. But uh, uh, when I was in high school, I used to watch Troy Palomalu highlight tapes before every game on Friday. Get so fired up. Get me fired up, man. And um, I used to try to mimic his play uh, when I was in high school. But to fast forward... And actually be able to share the same locker room as him and um, get taught how to be a professional athlete. You know, when it comes to being a pro, um, Troy was great at that because not only was he a pro on the field, but he was a professional off the field. And I always tell people that Troy was a um, better person and player, mm-hmm. you know, when everybody knows his play was high caliber, but this guy was so genuine, um, so down to earth, so humble, and to have the opportunity to just share that locker room with him and um, get a lot of wisdom and knowledge from him, man, it was a it was an honor for sure. Well, doing my research on you and, uh-huh. and just being from the 559 and knowing that, because you were a guy in my life where I knew about you while I was like fifth grade-ish. Uh-huh, you know, because uh-huh. you, you watch high school football. It's, right. There's not much to do in the Valley. No doubt. High school football, is, it's small town, but big football no vibes. No doubt. To see that your character excelled through college and you were a captain with the Steelers. Right. And I saw also you were part of the player development representatives. Right, right. That shows a lot about you as a person, but Absolutely. what what was your, why did you want to get involved in that? 
Well, man, uh, it's funny because, um, not to toot my own horn, but I've been a captain on every team I've ever been on. Humble brag, <laughs> humble brag. I right, you. right. So um, I was at the coin toss at Pop Warner. I was at the coin toss in middle school, coin toss in high school, college. And then obviously um, I was one of the youngest um, team captains in the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise history. Um, so um, I just felt like... Um, I was really just a guy that tried to lead by example. You know, I never was somebody that tried to fit in with the crowd. Uh, I've always just been my own guy. And um, the thing about me, man, I, I work hard at everything I do. Like, um, it's, it's, it's cool to have fun with it. But yeah. um, when it came to, like, playing football, it was always, like, a passion for me. So I didn't see it as... Um, a hobby. I really saw it as my job, you know, from a young age. So the way I went about my trainings, the way I went about um, conducting myself on and off the field, uh, I just felt like that was, that's my personality. Right. That's what I do. It's natural so at that point. It's natural for me. And um, other guys looked up to that, you know, um, especially for me to come in as an undrafted free agent right. um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers and then to become a team captain um, in my second year of the NFL. Um, I think my work ethic just um, spoke louder than my words did, right. and um, the team gravitated to that. So um, I think that's just part of my personality and part of who I am. I take the things that I do serious, but as you uh, should. I mean, yeah, your attention to detail is clearly high, and you want to. You, if you're going to stamp your name on something, you're going to make sure it's done the right way. Absolutely, high high effort and no high doubt. level of yeah execution. No doubt. Absolutely. So. Okay, also, I have to ask this from a, a Steelers fan that I know. When uh -huh. the song, there's a song that plays. Every fourth quarter. Renegade? Renegade. Is it, Renegade. Is it, is it really get you oh, going? Oh, it's really real. Is that like bring the juice for the Steelers version right <laughs> oh, there? Oh, yeah, It gets man. going? It gets real. Um, every fourth quarter, um, they play that song. Uh -huh. The screen goes black. The terrible towels get the swinging. Oh, you're giving me chills that, right that, now, that, okay, man. Okay, I want to get yeah, you fired up. Yeah. If that is like, if that's something... <laughs> Where if you're driving down the street and randomly you're just on some jank radio station right. and it comes on, are you like, oh, I'm fired instant? up? Instant PTSD. It's time to go. It's, it's time, time to go. To go. It's time no to go. Doubt, Fire me up. I love that. Right, that right. That makes me so happy. I tell you what, man. Don't let us be up winning a game or be in a tight, close game, uh -huh. and they play that. It's bad for you. Oh, it's bad <laughs> for you, man. <laughs> well, shout out Joey DeFilippo for letting no me doubt. know and ask that. That's awesome. No doubt. After Pittsburgh. You hated Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm reading that you asked to be released. Right. Tell me about that moment when you were like, it's time. It's right. time to it's time to hang him up. Yeah. Which is hard for yeah. any athlete. No doubt, man. Um, you know, like I say, I, I was an undrafted free agent and huh. um I was able to sign with one of the most premier franchises in the NFL. I sports. Mean, yeah, and sports, absolutely. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had three head football coaches. Um, throughout his franchise time. And um, obviously, everybody knows the Rooney family. And uh, one thing about the Steelers and Pittsburgh is family-oriented, you know. So uh, whenever you're you in Pittsburgh, you feel like you're part of a family. I mean, you have the Pittsburgh Pirates, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we were all cool. Like, yeah. we're part this Pittsburgh, you know, that was home for us. But um, not to say that Kansas City wasn't a great organization, but I mean, they obviously um, are able to do great things. And Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame head coach, but right. it wasn't Pittsburgh. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Pittsburgh. Home. It wasn't home. Mm. And, um, you know, for me, um, 
I always said, like I said, you know, football was, it never was a hobby for me. It was my job. So um, what I always tell myself when I feel like uh, I'm tired of waking up to go to do my job, then that's when it's time for me to look at other things, you know, right. to um, make myself happy. One of the things about me, I'm going to do what makes me happy, you know, when um, football has stopped making me happy. Um, it became a drag for me to get up in the mornings to you know, go to practice every day when usually I'm up at 5 a.m., you know, ready to go. And um, it wasn't like that for me in in, in Kansas City. So Uh um, at that moment, I knew that it was time for me to um, start looking at what was my purpose going to be in life because I knew that, you know, the chances for me, if I was to ask for my release, more than likely I was going to be done with ball. And I contemplated on it for the whole preseason. And um, even before the preseason, during the whole offseason, I was contemplating it and um, then just decided to step out on faith and um, really pursue my purpose in life. During your time with Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Edison and Arizona and right. Pop Warner and all that, I mean, even as an ath- from your athletic standpoint, uh-huh. you you love the game of football. No doubt. People, it's different than other sports. And I, you know, I've, I've talked about this, like, there is no church league, full contact type no of doubt. football. Like, you could go and hoop three on three at the rack. Right. It's different, though. But one of those days when, like, you didn't want to get up out of bed or, like, mm-hmm. even though you had that flame and passion, but right. you're 24 now. Like, no doubt. You don't, you're not going to Pop Warner fired no up anymore with no your doubt. pads on in the car. Like, what was that thing that, like, dig deep thing in your heart, mm-hmm. in your gut, that mm-hmm. gritty moment, like, thing that you would reach back and reflect back on? Like, I call it the dark place. Right. Do you have one? Do you have um, something like that? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I— I lost my dad, you know, well, first, you know, before I lost my dad, my dad was really like my motivation, you Uh know? So, um, I used to always tell my dad, you know, I'm going pro, I'm going to the NFL. I was telling him this as as a, as a young, you know, player playing sports and, um, it just always felt like I was trying to prove to my dad that, um, I was going to make it to the NFL. So, um, that started as a young age. We you know when I was five, six years old, I was always saying, I'm going pro, I'm going to the NFL. And I just felt like I had to prove that what I was telling my dad was going to come true. And um, in 2016, you know, when I lost my dad, you know, I believe it was my fifth, sixth year in the NFL at that time. Um, I lost my dad like two weeks before training camp, um, two weeks after my wedding. Um, oh. So... Uh, and my wife was pregnant at the time, so my it's dad. Emotional yeah, point. it was. Yeah. It was. It was really um, emotional for me to play that 2016 season. Um, but then I said I wanted to dedicate that season to my dad. So um, that was my first year starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and um, I started off having a great season, and then I pulled my hamstring. You know, and been there. Then it's just like you know, dang. You know, I wanted to dedicate this season to my dad, and I was, I was, I was out for a few weeks, and then I came back and hurt my foot, and I was just like, you know, really emotionally. Um, drained during that 2016 season. But um, I snapped back in 2017 and had a great season then. But um, in the 2018 season, that's when I was, you know, getting ready to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, it was just at that time, it was like, you know, I've been doing this my whole career to like prove to my dad that I was going to make it to the NFL. And it was like, now that my dad wasn't there, you know, it was kind of like, What's next? What's you next? Know? Right. And um, 
I think that kind of played a part um, in it as well. I felt like I didn't have anything to prove anymore. Um, so that kind of like put me in a position to really like start to pursue my purpose and what my real purpose in life was um, at that moment, you know, when I was with the Kansas City Chiefs. So for those of you that don't know, and I don't know how you don't because Google Robert Golden, but <laughs> Rob opened a school, right? Okay? Golden Charter Academy. Golden Charter Academy. And we could get into that. But did you know, like, as soon as you hung up the cleats, were you, right. hey, I got to go open a school? Was it, what was the gap? A week, a day, you already knew about it? Well, I mean, throughout my NFL career, I always came back to Fresno and did different um, camps, different yep. health and fitness um, community events. Um, I helped start an anti-bullying program uh, for Fresno Unified School District. Um, I hosted one of the biggest camps um, in the whole valley, the Believe and Achieve camp at Fresno State, um, where I brought over 20 NFL players to Fresno every wow. year um, just to show kids that come from underserved and underrepresented areas that, you know, these guys put their pants leg on one at a time, just like you do. And um, if they can accomplish success, so can you. Um, so I've always been um, around children. My passion has always been to inspire youth, um, to know that, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter what your situation may look like, um, you can be successful too. Um, so that was always like my passion. But uh, when I was asked to be released from the Kansas City Chiefs, it wasn't like, okay, I'm getting released. I'm going to just start working on a school. But uh, rewind it a little <laughs> bit, you know, I had a mentor um, by the name of CJ Jones. Uh, shout out to Wheezy. Um, he told me back in 2014 he said, man, when you're done playing football, you're going to open up a school. Wow. And I'm in the middle of my career. I just made the NFL. This right. is my third year. I wasn't trying to you're hear feeling, all that. You're feeling good. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're yeah. living. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was funny because I started talking to him about, you know, my feelings about, you know, not really being, having my heart with football anymore while I was in Kansas City. And I mean, I was calling Wheezy every day like, um, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know. And he's like... Man, I can't tell you what to do. If you walk away from the NFL, you walking away from millions of dollars. He like, right. I can't give you no advice on that. Yeah. He like, you got to follow your heart. So um, when I did tell him that I was done playing ball, um, he was like, man, it's time to start working on your school. Right. Um, and this was uh, 2018, the end of 2018. And then, you know, a part of me in 2019 still wanted to play. Right. Um, I was still getting calls from the NFL, and they was asking me, you know, if I still wanted to play. Teams were still reaching out to my agent. Um, I went and worked out for a few teams, and um, then it just got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm done with ball. I said I was done with ball in 2019. Um, I started connecting with people that have started schools before. I started connecting with different educators um, here in the Valley, and um, I kind of shared this vision of this school that I wanted to create, and that's how it all kind of came about. But uh, I say I really started to, like, let my football dreams go and started to dive into um, creating Golden Charter Academy um, in 2019. This isn't just some normal school. Right. One thing we were talking about is just the concept of outside resources involved with the curriculum in this education system right. itself. Right, right. The zoo itself, Fresno Zoo, is my founding partner. Your founding partner, right? Go ahead, take that away. What? Wh why the zoo? Uh huh. You know, they got access. The families Absolutely. get. They got their plug. Like, right. 
why the zoo and what's what's the direction of that? Well, you know, I really wanted to create a school where children can have hands-on learning experiences. You know, um, I think back when I was in school, um, it wasn't fun for me. You know, I, huh. I didn't enjoy school. And I said, if I have the opportunity to create a school, I want to create the Disneyland of schools, um, a school where every student will want to be and succeed. Right. And um, with that, you know, I started to develop a high school. Okay. Uh, when I first started working on Golden Charter Academy, it was going to be a high school. Uh-huh. Uh, but I always wanted to target students that come from underserved and underrepresented areas. Okay. And as I began to look at the statistics of these students, um, I started to realize by the time students get to sixth grade, they're on like first and second grade reading levels. Huh. Um, and if you can't read, if you don't have the literacy to comprehend um, these hands-on learning experiences that I was looking to provide, um, then it's going to be like kind of contradicting to what we were trying to teach. So um, yeah. at that time, when I got those statistics, I doubted back and say, okay, I'm going to develop a TK through third school and grow a grade every year until we become TK through eighth so um, that we can really lay a foundation um, for our students. But um, really the whole gist of this school was to be able to create experiences Um, that students could actually see different occupations and careers that they can engage in. I mean, when you think about the Fresno Chappie Zoo, most people think um, biology and zoology, but really the Fresno Chappie Zoo is a small city in itself. It's big. Yeah, when you take your... You know, your students to the zoo, I mean, we actually get them to, sh- get them to show our students what a CEO does, um, what a CFO does, what an right. engineer does, what a chef does, um, what a veterinarian does. You know, I mean, there's these a variety of different occupations right. um, at the Fresno Chaffee Zoo that our students can actually see um, at work and, you know, visualize themselves being in those positions um, at the end of the day, you know. So um, we're an environmental stewardship school. Our pathway to education is through environmental education. And um, what we're really looking to do is give our students environmental literacy on how they can help sustain our world and let them be the ones that advocate um, for us once they become older and become the great stewardess of our planet. I love that. And I th- I think you couldn't have been more right about your uh-huh. high school idea. It's awesome. And uh-huh. I think high school is more recent to us than it is than first grade, right. obviously. Right. But as you said, the habits you develop at a young age, no doubt. The, my, the brain and the mind and the way you just your habits, you start developing your character at such no a doubt. young age. Yeah, you could probably hit a, a sharp left turn in high school. Right. But if you're already <laughs> trending toward the right direction, you're that much ahead. Absolutely. How your competition at that Absolutely. point. And the school itself, I mean, I'm sorry, the zoo itself, mm-hmm. I like that you mentioned that you're not just looking at animals. You're not right. just going there and, hey, let's look at the elephants right. on a Tuesday right. day. You're checking out the, what's the chef doing? What's Absolutely. the CEO doing? Because all that's doing is providing a learning environment about how the real world. Absolutely. And, all, and people don't, you know, we go to the zoo to, right. to hang out every once in a while. Right. But the zoo's a business. Absolutely. And they're Absolutely. trying to gain popularity and make money. And, Absolutely. And, we're always chasing the bag. Right. No doubt. So no doubt. This is just another example, but from a youthful lens in a sense where uh-huh. you could get it. Absolutely. It's fun. Absolutely. You're not reading about it. And that fire. Right. I love that. that yeah, no up. doubt. You know, um, Am I right there? Am I am yeah, I Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, you think back when you were a kid, you know, you had all of these 
um, ideas of what you wanted to be when you got older. And um, the thing about our students is, you know, as they continue to go on through school, they lose that curiosity. And I'm like, what can we do to keep children mm -hmm. um, dreaming about being firefighters and astronauts and um, whatever else they may dream of when they're kids? You know, how can we keep that fire burning fire. Um, to want them to be at school, man? So um, we really developed this place-based education model where we can do school anywhere in any place. So when we do go to the zoo, you know, our kids are not on a field trip. They're actually in class right. just outside at the zoo grounds. So, um, but not only do we work with the zoo, we also go out to Lost Lake. We go out to um, the botanical gardens, you know, and the older our students get, the further we get to take them, you yeah. know. Um, my whole idea behind this place-based education model is that um, we live right here in Fresno and we're surrounded by greatness, national yeah. parks. We're in the um, middle. In the beach, yeah. I mean, we're two and a half hours or less uh, from the coast and um, Yosemite National Park. And it's like you have these great um, scenes around us and you have people that's from Fresno that's never visited these spots, um, especially yeah. youth that come from underserved and underrepresented areas. So um, my idea was to be able to provide these experiences um, for children so that they can see um, what else is out there to life, you know, um, not to be too long winded on this, but no, I, I come from Southwest Fresno, you yeah. know, so um, it wasn't until I became a highly recruited football player that I got to actually like leave my neighborhood, you right. know, go see different cities, go see different, you know, states and different things of that nature. I didn't be, I didn't get on my first airplane ride until first travel um, trip. I got, a, got to my <laughs> first travel trip. Yeah. Yep. So, um, <laughs> The fact that, you know, I was in high school and I didn't really get to experience what was outside of my matrix, yeah. um, you know, it kind of just, you know, set a different standard of living for me at that time. And I'm like, if we can give children those experiences at a young age, what could it do for them to grow up knowing that there's more um, outside of their matrix than what they're used to? So um, that was one of the main reasons why I developed the place-based education model to be able to provide experiences and exposure um, to our children, but use it um, as educational purposes for them. So the goal, what, what would you say? Because what it goes to what fourth grader now? Um, it goes TK through third, and right now, we, yeah. But TK next year third. it'll keep going and keep yeah, going. Yeah, next year going. it'll be fourth and fifth, and then we'll develop it out till we become TK through eighth. Do you is the uh, amount of trips that students go to a zoo, for instance? Uh -huh. The second graders are going to eventually probably go more than the eighth graders, you'd think, uh -huh. or. Well, or well, the trips our, just become different. You well, think? our second graders will be our eighth graders. You know, um, right. they're going to grow into becoming the eighth graders. But right. um, what you got to know, though, when you go to the zoo, if you're taking a TK student, a pre-K student there, um, you're really just looking at animals and, you know, you're having a, a outdoor learning experience. Right. Um, but when you look at third grade, you know, they're looking at biomimicry and they're looking at, you know, um, how plants and animals have relationship, you know, and the older the kids get, the more in-depth these yeah. visits are going to become, you know. So um, really, it's just an opportunity for them to go out and see different. But um, once these experiences become, you know, older grade levels, um, the more in-depth they're going to be able to go into. Right. So I, when I, if I'm eighth grade, I'm at a school visit. I'm not necessarily, I've already seen the elephants at this point. Right. I'm going to analyze how this CEO's going about his business. And right. I got a teacher who's saying, 
he does this, this, and this for uh-huh. these reasons. Absolutely. That could be that could be a situation. Or, you know, um, right now we're really teaching our students how to nurture and um, love, you know, the okay. environment, have empathy for it. So, you know, once they get to those older grades, man, we're going to talk about the lifespan of these animals and how right. death, um, you know, plays a part in not only yeah. animals, but in humans as well. And um, we're also going to be talking about, you know, how we are all a part of this ecosystem. Right. Um, so then you get to talking about how, you know, your actions um, plays a part in, you know, global warming, how your actions plays a part in, um, you know, sustaining our earth from an environment standpoint. So, um, like I said, the the more these students get older, the the, the more grade levels they, you know, get are able to reach, um, the more in-depth we can go into these conversations and, you know, the deeper the learning experiences become for them. But uh, ultimately, our goal is to raise up these um, students to have so much love for the Fresno Chappie Zoo that um, they be the ones that replace the people that's working there now. Someday. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd yes. be awesome. Absolutely. So, you know, most people's I made it moment for uh-huh. you would say, I made it to the league. I'm mm-hmm. in the NFL. As right. an athlete, of course, it's one of the ultimate achievements right. possible. And for, probably any sport. No doubt. Especially to play with like a premier franchise like, the, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Do you think your I made it moment was the NFL or is it something bigger now? Uh, is there a goal? Yeah, it's something way bigger. You know, I, I talk about I talk about this um, often. You know, um, when I was in the NFL, it wasn't a big deal to me. You know, like I, I've never been a guy that like brag or like you know flamboast or you know try to boast about myself. That's never right. been me. Um, so when I was in the NFL, it, it didn't really hit me that I was in the NFL until I was out of the NFL. And I'm sitting back watching NFL on TV um, when I was done playing. And I'm like, dude, I used to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and it hit me like when I was done. Like Damn. when I was playing, it wasn't a big deal to me. You know, yeah. like I didn't feel like um, I was I arrived or anything. I just felt like I was at work, you know. So um, it hit me when I stopped playing ball. And now that I sit back and watch football, I'm like, I used to play there. Yeah. Um, but that hit me. And then, you know, when I opened up Golden Charter Academy, um, that wasn't a big deal to me. Like casual. I'm open to school. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it hasn't hit me yet, man, because like my vision for this school is so much bigger. And until I get to where I see this school being, um, I'm still in grind mode, man. And put your head down and go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when um I feel like once I do get, you know, this school to where I see the vision of it being. Uh, I'm have other visions, you know, so um, it's never really been in a I arrived. I never really had an I arrived moment in my life, you know, even with um, football, with opening GCA. uh, I do realize that I'm blessed and that um, these opportunities, uh, you know, could have been given to anybody else. But um, they were entrusted in me to, you know, carry the torch and make it come alive. So um, that's one of the things that I am thankful for. But uh, and I arrived moment that hasn't happened for me yet, uh-huh. man. I feel like I still got so much more to do and so much more purpose to fulfill. Oh yeah, keep climbing the mountain. Absolutely, you have to. Absolutely. Your mission statement is inspire powerful young minds. Mm-hmm. You got the golden rule mm-hmm. incorporated in with your whole schooling, and it just you're. This is who you are. Absolutely. 
So if I'm a parent in Fresno, uh-huh. should my kid come here? Absolutely. I mean, when you think about the education system, right? when we were in school, mm-hmm. when our parents were in school, and you mentioned your grandparents went to this school, right? school has never changed. Oh. You have one teacher standing in front of a classroom mm-hmm. teaching a group of about 30 students one way how to learn. And when you think about Golden Charter Academy, we have implemented universal design for learning throughout the school. So what UDL is, it's a avenue that allows teachers to provide multiple ways of work to their students to break down all barriers for learning. Right. So for instance, you may have some students that are visual learners. You may have some students that are audio learners. You may have yeah. some students that need to like touch manipulatives. Yeah. Um, and we provide that from a TK through mm-hmm. eighth, you know, grade span. And yeah. um, we're the first school in the nation that is doing that. Wow. Um, but not only that, we have a paraeducator in every single classroom and a literacy mentor in every single classroom. So it could technically be um, three teachers in one class uh-huh. amongst 22 students. Wow, that's a great really, ratio. Yeah, yeah, to really give the students the attention that they need. But right. uh, when you think about it, man, every student doesn't learn the same way. Hell and no. I don't. Um, with us being a UDL school, we're an all-inclusive model. So um, we have students that have special needs that sits in gen ed classrooms uh-huh. um, because we provide multiple ways um, for those students to learn and also achieve just like a regular student would. So um, from an academic standpoint, you know, we're setting every student up for the opportunity to succeed. Um, but then we're creating advocates for us. You know, um, like I mentioned, our pathway to education is through environmental education. Um, So when you think about global warming and when you think about this ecosystem that we're all a part of and that we're living in, um, if we're not educated on that uh, and these wildfires continue to burn and um, global warming is not addressed, um, then what's going to happen to, you know, our planet in 15, 20 years from now, you know, Um, if we want to leave this world in good hands and we want to have you know, stewarders that come on board um, and help us make this world a better place, um, then we need to educate children about that. And that's one of the things that we're doing here at GCA is educating children on how to, you know, sustain this ecosystem that we're all a part of. Um, But not only that, man, school is fun here, you know? I was going to say, it doesn't sound (laughs) like it's that bad. School's fun. Absolutely, man. We get to take kids to the zoo. We get to take kids to these, you know, local agencies. And, you know, one of the things that we believe that I believe is that um, this school doesn't just offer a world-class educational opportunity, but I believe this school is the beginning of community change because a lot of these students that are going to this school, they're eventually going to grow up and become adults and they're going to be the ones that'll be working in the forest and working in the fields to, you know, help us uh, run this planet, man. So I really believe that um, this school is an exciting school, but not only that, man, it's um, a school that's educating our children for the 21st century. You mentioned that you're the first of your kind. Right. And this is something where the kids are still young, but mm-hmm. over time, as you get those that first generation that go through with K through eight, and right. then you got your kids are continually getting cycled in. Right. I mean, there's no doubt in 10 years, you got a line out the door, or uh-huh. you got another school somewhere else. Right. Or you see a, you know, I mean, parents want the best for their children. Absolutely. You're a father, you know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. What if I, you know, if I I lived in Sacramento, uh-huh. I read about you and said, uh-huh. hey, my kid's going to have the best opportunity to be successful right, right there. And 
you want your kid, you want you personally, absolutely, be the best version of yourself you could be every day. Absolutely. And you know, looking at your just your statement and your golden rule, mm-hmm. you're not. And I say this, you know, I don't know if this is bad, but if I had a son, uh-huh. I'd have a good feeling he'd develop into a, a respectful right. young man, right, with high character, right, going through your school, absolutely. And you know, it, it, any school you go to, you get. You could slip through the cracks. No doubt. You could hide your, you could weasel your way through it. No doubt. You know, you could BS your way through a lot of things in Absolutely. life. Absolutely. But if you embrace it uh-huh. and are helped along the way. Right. I mean, you could be something great. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it, man. And uh, that's why I mentioned earlier, you know, children at a young age, they are curious, you yeah. know, and... Um, the education system needs to be able to continue to spark their curiosity um, to keep them engaged. I mean, you have kids that love going to school when they're in kindergarten. And by the time they're in like fifth or sixth, seventh grade, they're like, I don't want to go to school today. You know, and what I really wanted to do with this school is to create, you know, an excitement for children to want to be here every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, If you would have came a little bit earlier, you would have saw kids leaving here knowing that school isn't in session tomorrow. They're mad about that. Hey, that's a good place to be, though. Absolutely, man. But um, the big goal, you know, my big vision is to be able to take a Golden Charter Academy um, to every zoo that wants a zoo school. Really? and in fact, I've been asked to open a second location already um, in another state already. Sheesh. Yes, but it's it's funny how this whole thing has came about, man. I feel like the stars have aligned mm-hmm. um, based on just my past experiences. You know, uh, I mean, when it just comes to um, doing what I'm doing now, people that I've met or places that I've been, um, there's somebody that I've met along my life journey um, that has came and played a part. Um, and helping me start this school, man. So um, I'm a man of faith, man, and I just believe that, you know, this was my God's given purpose um, in life is to be able to inspire powerful young minds and let them know that anything is possible um, through their education. Faith is something that, you know, I've— I'm not a religion podcast, but I believe in God. I went to Catholic high school. I Pray before I eat. I pray right. before I play in a football game. Right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. You need God in your life. Absolutely. And I mentioned that, you know, some people don't have faith in their life yet uh-huh. when, you know, things are going really bad mm-hmm. and there's a really bad situation. If, mm-hmm. if you got a loved one on their deathbed right. and you don't believe in God, right. what do most people say? Yeah. Dear God, help Yeah, yeah, no right? doubt, no doubt. And maybe sometimes that sparks something that now you do believe in God a little right. bit. If you made it, you know, this long in sports, you're mm-hmm. wise enough to know Faith helped you along the way. Absolutely. And you hold it close to you. Absolutely. Is that something that you think, Do you can you implement that in an education system? Um, it's hard to implement it in a public school, but right. uh, I try to implement the principles, right. you know. And Through your character and your being an example. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, that's one of the things that, you know, um, I feel like should be in schools. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have people that come from different walks and different backgrounds. Um, so, you know, either forcing a religion on, you know, someone, especially at a young age, that is not something that I'm, line. I'm yeah, open yeah. to doing. Yeah, but teaching principles about just being a good human being, right. being a good person, uh, remaining humble, you yes. know, uh, helping others when they need help, you Hell know, yeah. showing love to any and everybody, no matter what, you know, respecting others. You know, I think yes. that is just 
something that we all can do, you know, being a good person, um, everybody can be that, you know, and uh, when I say I implement those principles, um, I just implement being a, a good person, doing a golden rule. <laughs> well, control the controllables, I think, is one thing. Absolutely. You know, if you're going to, if you got a task at hand, be right. the, do it to the best of your abilities. Right. And some people, they might excel, especially at a younger age, like in an right. education system where they might excel further than others or they might something they might pick up on a math equation in third grade faster no doubt. than a different guy no doubt rob so you know you got this school you're rolling you're doing this clearly your character is taking you a long way uh -huh. but along the way especially in your schooling system now and in your athletic career uh -huh. do you still have this to this day some a mentor that you look at now a uh, a book you've read that Hey, I, I like to base some of my character off that, or a, a podcast. Uh -huh. Besides, bring the juice. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, so, yeah, no something, doubt. something that you're like, you know what? I look at this and uh -huh. I, I keep this, and, and when I when I feel like I'm slipping, no doubt, I gotta check myself and I kind of resource back to this. You got no you doubt. got something for the people? Uh, my Bible, man, <laughs> my Bible. Amen. I, I, I'm in my Bible every day. I mean, I have an app, uh, the Holy Bible, on my phone right uh -huh. now where. Uh, I tell you what, I got I, one too. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm like 170 weeks strong on Whoa. my streak right now. So, um, I think my faith is really my foundation. You know, that's what I've tried to build my life on. That's what I try to um, always come back to. Man, my faith has gotten me through some of the toughest times in my life, um, especially after losing my dad and um, being at high moments. You know, being in the NFL, opening up a school. One of the things that I've always been able to revert back to on how I've gotten to where I've gotten is because of my faith and my strong belief um, and who my Lord and Savior is, you yeah. know. So um, with that said, man, I'll say that my, my faith is my foundation. You know, that's what I've built Robert Golden on, you know, and um, when things get shaky, when life, you know, throws us curveballs, um, one thing that I always could revert back to um, is the word of God, man, and uh, it, that's it, what got me around that. <laughs> no doubt. That no fires doubt. me up. Rob, from a, you know, you're a businessman at the same time. No doubt. You're not just, this isn't a charity work. You're, right. you're doing the right thing for the right situation. Is the Golden Charter Academy something that eventually you would want to almost franchise and sell the franchises out? Is that is that an angle you're taking? Um, and if I, that's too hairy, let me yeah, know. Yeah, right? no. I'm just I, thinking. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, my wheels are turning. No doubt, man. Um, but with the partnership, you know, with zoos, man, it's so much that you can do yeah. at a zoo. Um, the zoo is an educational laboratory. And um, I want to change the education system. You know, I always say that I believe that Golden Charter Academy is going to shift the paradigm of education. Um, so I'm really looking to create a whole new model of schooling. You know, you yeah. got Steph Curry that changed the game with shooting. You know, he he can shoot from the half court shot, you know. And Logo. you got LeBron James, who's just this, you know, overall athlete that brings such a dynamic to the game, man. Right. Um, you got James Harden that got these different type of moves and these different shooting ranges. And you got Aaron Rodgers who jumps off both feet when he throws the ball, man. I want to be Robert Golden that created this school um, you want to change that the game. really changed the game, you Damn. know. So um, that's where I see GCAs going, you know. And I don't really believe that it could just be a zoo school, you know. Yeah. It could be an aquarium school. Right. It could be a, um agriculture school. It could be... Um, anything that can give kids hands-on learning experiences that make school fun um, and also make kids want to be educated.
I don't think Fresno would be there, there's not a better place than Fresno because you like you said if you wanted to you could have an end of the year field trip where you guys went surfing in the morning and right. snowboarding in the afternoon no question 100% can do that no question you you, you could use that too by the way that could be like the eighth grade trip <laughs> right. or something no doubt that's a but good thought we could also I mean there's there's agriculture just farms everywhere right there's zoos. There's supposed to be an aquarium on the 99. Yeah, right. But there's things that are accessible that uh-huh. are at your fingertips. And right. being in a place like Fresno, that's a little small town. Right. A little big town, I guess. No doubt. You have, I mean, you're a DM away from being, hey, I love what your business is about. Right. I'd love to take my fourth grade class out here. No doubt. People are good people in Fresno. And Absolutely. it's a mixing pot. where Absolutely. People, iron sharpens iron is one thing I say. I'll bring the juice. Absolutely. Hey, shoot or shoot. <laughs> no doubt, bro. No doubt, man. And that's why I say, you know, this is the beginning of community change. Because yeah. um, we're partnering with our community. You oh. know, um, we're partnering with um, Lost Lakes and the Botanical Gardens and the Underground Gardens our students went to. And I think they're checking out Gazebo Gardens coming up soon. And um, we also work with Fresno State, uh-huh. you know. And um, I went down and spoke with COS, College of Sequoias. And um, they want to let us use their uh, campus as a place-based um, spot for us. And um, I think I'm meeting with the um, president of University of uh, uh, Merced, you okay. know, so um, really just looking to like partner with our valley, man, right. and create experiences for children to let them know that um, education doesn't just, it's not just tailored to a four, a four room wall, but no, education is it. everything. Absolutely. I'm just thinking like compound effects right now. If uh-huh. you would have had just the DBs you played with at Edison, uh-huh. that's, that's a little bit more close, but I'm saying in Pittsburgh. Right. If you would have taken, if you played with what, 30 DBs, let's uh-huh. just say that, and three of them said, hey, I want to take the Golden Charter Academy, right? that exact model, and I want to put it in my hometown. Right, right. And then, though, then I mean, it, it could it could roll absolutely an insane amount. And then absolutely. that's when you start changing the education system. Absolutely. Hey, some Joe Schmo couldn't just started this. Right, Because there right. are people in Fresno that have good ideas. Right. And, again, that's why I started Bring the Juice. Because no doubt. I didn't go to the league, right. but I played college ball uh-huh. and like I've been training for the Olympics and I'm at this situation where I don't, I don't, I see too many of my friends right. not grinding, right. not, not, not staying hungry right. after ball. Right. And we kind of talked about you either go this way uh-huh. or you go this way. No you doubt. either take those same characteristics, those same habits from playing ball. No doubt. Taking notes. Absolutely. Being places on time. Absolutely talking to the adults with respect. Right, right, right. And all of a sudden, it just goes out the window where yeah. I'm like, yo, you got a college degree. <laughs> no doubt. Walk into any business, look them square in the eye, shake no their doubt. hand, say, I'm so-and-so. Absolutely. I know how to be somewhere on time. Right. Take notes. Absolutely. I want to help your team win. No doubt. No doubt, man. That's a winning formula. That's, that's, I tell you what, man, sports is a, um, well, well, sports for me, you know, it's been part of my life journey and I feel like my life journey has prepared me for the work that I'm doing now. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, is there somebody or something that I revert back to? I said my faith, but then, uh, also, man, I always got to give a shout out to my, one of my favorite artists, Nipsey Hussle. And, shout out to uh, Nip. <laughs> shout out to Nip. Rest in peace. But, um, one of the things that he always talk about is, um, 
life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, he got Hell the yeah. marathon life. And um, I think about my life and I think about everything that I've done. Um, it's, taken, it's taken a marathon for me to achieve that. You know, when it comes to um, dedication, you know, hard works plus patience, um, that's been part of my life to make it to the NFL. But uh-huh. um, to develop Golden Charter Academy, man, that was a marathon for me. You Hell know? yeah. Um, I think about football, man. I played football for 11 years before I ever played in my first NFL football game. Uh, I think about education. I went to school for 17 years uh, before I got a college degree. Uh, And then you think about Golden Charter Academy, man. I worked on this school for two and a half years, almost three years, um, before I cut the ribbon with the mayor to open up GCA. So um, nothing that's worth having in life ever happens overnight. You know, it takes... Um, hard work and dedication and yeah. patience. And um, I believe, you know, Nipsey has, you know, I, I listened to a lot of Nipsey in high school and college, man. And um, just knowing that, you know, life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Um, that has resonated with me, you know, throughout my life's journey. And um, just know that if you want to do something, if you want to create something, you want to become um, a business owner, it's not going to happen overnight. Hell but no. if you stay dedicated, man, and you really work at it, um, the sky's just the limit to what you can accomplish. Consistent attention to detail is something I always say. Absolutely. Rob, this has been awesome. No doubt. I love no this. I, lo- I, I like you a lot. No doubt, bro. Me. This is me and Rob's first time. <laughs> no me, doubt. Me, I, no I feel like we can hang out. <laughs> Rob, I'm a, first of all, I usually have a sponsorship for every episode. I want to just make this episode sponsored by Golden Charter Academy. We can do that. And Let's shout do out it. to, no, no, no. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You don't, no sponsorship fees, none of that. And shout out to Fresno Chaffee Zoo, man. Absolutely. They've been around. I mean, I had my sixth birthday party at the Fresno Chaffee right, Zoo. Right, right. And it's. They did, go go to the zoo, folks. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what. If you haven't been to the Fresno Chaffee Zoo in the last five years. They're making moves. Oh, it's a whole new, it's a whole new exhibit, man. Uh-huh. And they also have um, Kingdoms of Asia. There you go. Um, that's coming now and it's under construction. But they even go check out, you know, the conceptuals of um, what's to come towards the end of the year, early next year. Um, man, you'll be surprised at the moves that the zoo is making. And um, I know um, the former CEO, Scott Barden, who now sits on the Golden Charter Academy board. There you go. Um, he, he played a huge part in that. But now they have um, the current CEO, John Dolan, who comes from the New York and Bronx area. And he's bringing a whole new dynamic to the Fresno Chaffee Zoo. Wow. So uh, if you haven't been to the zoo lately, check it out. Check it and, out. Uh, Always reference Golden Charter Academy when Hell you're up there. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Rob, I'm wrapping it up. You got no anything doubt. else you'd like to say? Shoot your shot now. Uh, no, nah, man. I think um, it was a, it was definitely a pleasure to connect. Anytime I get to sit down and just kind of like recap uh-huh. uh, my Let's life go. journey, man, it's uh, it kind of, you know, takes a little bit of weight off my, my, my shoulders and uh, let me sit back and really enjoy yeah. What, what, we, what we done done, man. So uh, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Hell yeah. Rob, you've been a great guest. Y'all no check doubt. out the Golden Charter Academy. I'll be sure to tag him on the gram. Absolutely. Go to the Fresno Chaffee Zoo. Absolutely. Stay fired up. This has been another great episode of the Bring the Juice. Don't forget, wake up, bring the juice. Bring Get the after juice. It. Bring the juice, bring baby. The juice. Golden Charter Academy, bring the juice. We'll see y'all bring next week. Have a good one. <laughs>